0: All right. Thanks for joining us, everyone. This is our bonus episode. It was originally going to be our episode 50, and then we decided to make it a bonus episode because why not give you more story goodness when we can. Um, we're doing our Q&A finally. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I guess everybody... I'm Alex. I'm, I'm the Dungeon Master.
1: Yep. I'm I'm Sam. I play Margraine. I'm Ben. I play played
0: Magnar, and now I play Garen.
2: Kim. I play Solara.
3: I'm Brian. I play
0: All right. So why don't we go ahead and just start with Margrain from Psychotic Monk, who's uh, somebody who hangs out in our Discord. Check us out there if you want to hang out with mainly Kim, but occasionally the other (laughs) ones of us show up. Um, If you
4: want one word answers from all of us occasionally every about three to four days, that's that's where (laughs) to find us.
0: Um, And uh, except for Kim is in there all the time chatting people up and having a good time. Uh, the psychotic monk asks uh, this question is named at Margrain the Paladin. In a recent episode, uh, the players were discussing their level six advancement. I was totally shocked to hear that you, Sam, selected a Warlock Hexblade. Um, what pa- patron path is going to work with the Paladin? I, I guess, really, not just that, but uh, he's probably asking just, you know, what were you doing being a Paladin and suddenly multi-classing the warlock? So, he you want to answer both those
4: um so basically uh i i am somewhat alex will accuse me of being a, a power gamer a little bit i am somewhat i do i look over kind of how classes work before i start things and um going into this over a year ago i put a lot of thought into what kind of character i wanted to make with with margraine and kind of how to make him interesting a little bit so i always knew off the bat that i wanted him to be a paladin because he was basically basically Basically, I wanted him to exemplify the kind of Dwarven Paladin. He's a Forge Paladin. But also, I really like some of the mechanics out of Hexblade Warlock specifically. Um, And also, I thought it would make it kind of interesting. So basically, back when we started, I said to to Alex, I was like, I'm going to take at least five levels of uh, Paladin. But starting at level six, I would like to go Warlock because it's such a big shift that I thought he would need to know about it. So he's known about it since pretty much the beginning that that's what I wanted and checking back with me that like, you still think you're going to do this? And then he slowly actually, knowing that was going to happen, he worked that in. I had no clue what was going to happen though. Um, I knew just when I hit level six, really, I was going to be taking Warlock and all the rest of it. um, I found that out in the episode. Um, I had no clue about Lenore or how any of that worked. Um, And as things have gone on, that's gotten super interesting um, because, you know maybe she's asking him to do some stuff that's quite contrary to what he should be doing um and it's it, it's basically there because you know it makes things more interesting and i really i just i wanted the stuff i wanted the stuff <laughs> and, and and you know in order to get the power i'm willing to maybe take the narrative hit for it or make things more difficult for Margraine. and we'll see how it how it turns out you know it might get might get real interesting so yeah
0: okay great. and then kim astrid star says <laughs> (laughs) As a woman in the gaming community, I think Zalara was a great addition to your show. Why did it take you so long to get a woman on the show? And how does Kim feel about being the only woman on the show? So why don't we, you know, we can answer the middle part there, but why don't you answer that in there? How how does it feel being the only woman on the show?
2: Um, I can't imagine it feels much different than being a man on the show because we're all (laughs) equally killed and and taken out. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, Alex is a very equal opportunity dm that way um but as far as like being the representative woman or whatever um i don't necessarily feel much like it's not like it's something that i absolutely feel like i have to be in this position to uh to be the representative of the women kind but i think it just adds a nice flavor to have a different voice at the table more than anything
0: yeah and that's um to answer the the middle part of there why did it take us so long
2: we
4: We tried, one, get, we wanted one, yeah. yeah.
0: But from the beginning, we were like, We got to find a woman to be on the show, and we asked um women that we played with and our wives, and none of them wanted to do it so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so nobody
4: would play with us yeah yeah because uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, personally I prefer podcasts that have at least a decent mix you know um, yeah mm-hmm. I know it's I know it's what four to one in, in this but you right. know it, I don't know I think I think having a diverse background for for just people in general makes it better so I agree you know yeah
2: I really enjoy having different voices at the table regardless of what those backgrounds are so if it happens to be a woman or you know somebody who's in the LGBT, whatever, um, spectrum that I think it really helps to expand the world and to expand the experience of the play in general or yeah. people of color or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah, the more diverse the voices, the more interesting because you're, you're getting things from different points of view. So, definitely, exactly. But, yeah, yeah, no, just uh, nobody would play with us until Kim came along. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I and, like uh, you guys, yeah, and we, of course, like you too, and uh, it's made it fun. So, here's one from Al. Alan.
1: Okay. So Alan adds or says the party seems to have glaring holes in the party composition. You guys have three frontline fighters and a sorcerer. You have a huge lack in healing. One of the fighters should have been more healing support class, like a druid cleric. Do you, did you do this on purpose? If so, why, if not, why did you choose what you did? And I think for all of us, we chose the people that we wanted to play. We didn't yeah. even think about party composition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to be we a barbarian. Just, just thought he was sorcerer. Exactly so and if you listen listen this far um we changed the party up a bit and i still didn't go with healing so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's still completely imbalanced <laughs> so
2: for what it's worth though um as because i was a listener at first i thought it was more interesting in some ways because it's a lot more um exciting with <laughs> like you don't have that guy that's just gonna ride in and save everybody's butts you know at the last minute or whatever so it's really interesting i think to not have balance
1: it makes battles far more tense like mm-hmm. i think when we did our first side eye i was a cleric a life cleric and you know i never really even though it was pretty tough like it didn't feel like oh we're gonna die it was just like oh i'm just gonna heal you guys so yeah it, it yeah. does add a lot of to our dark story going on anyways that mm-hmm. we can't heal
4: each other <laughs> and i think that imbalance actually it, it adds something in a way that you know we're playing the characters we want to play we're not trying to fill a role in like a party, you know, mm-hmm. like I think part of what has made the whole thing work was the holes, right? Because um even if you look at, you know, starting off episode one, you know, even the the three characters we put together were so different that they shouldn't work. And it's trying to figure out how to make them work, which is what makes it good. You know, it's mm-hmm. um it wasn't like, oh, you know, we're three, three people who knew everything about each other. And we're and we're we perfectly complement each other's flaws and we cover all of the boxes. It's kind of just, you know. You know it's those holes in there that makes the story um yeah so and as yeah. far as
2: me picking the character i'd never made a character before so yeah. i went yeah <laughs> i don't know what i'm doing magic is real hard uh but fighters are kind of boring so let's be a monk
3: <laughs> yeah it, hib, hib and that was my first sorcerers like most other groups i play a fighter or the tanky sort of character at the front lines i was like oh, i, I want to be something different and we, we didn't even talk about party competition has been said before i was like oh, i want to do the magic Role
4: yeah, like the first time like we properly talked to Ben, you and I, Ryan, was like the first episode, yeah, so, yeah. you
3: know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one from uh, uh, Mike Carson uh, what is your favorite moment uh, one of my favorite moments that still sticks out though in my memory is right near the beginning when Sam was having his fight with dog and I was just doing the um the, the bees through the through the wall <laughs> <message>. <laughs> just messing about me- messaging about messages pretty much been my favorite part all the way through the game so far yeah was that just- was
4: awesome it really set like a tone for Hibernite for like that's yeah. carried on for everything you know yeah,
3: yeah. It, it's, yeah. It just Clearly defined him. He's a joker. He wants to have fun while he can. Mm-hmm.
2: That was a question from Mike Carson. What was yes. your favorite moment? Yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. What were you guys? What's your favorite moment? I know mine. Pockets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That
2: is one um, specifically female thing that was really fun to add to the the story.
4: <laughs> my my favorite <laughs> moment is like the last minute of the episode. Calm emotions prevail. Um, it's a real tense thing where. It going up against Mother Caldona, not going up against her, but like, you know, Margraine's pulled out all the stops, he's calmed emotions, you know, we're talking to her, her she, she's showing us stuff, and she opens a door and we see something, and Magnar just takes a swing at her, you know? We're, we're talking up until that point, and then Ben just goes, um, yeah, I'm gonna have to do this, and then he goes, Magnar takes a swing at Mother Caldona, and that that was one of my favorite moments, because like everything, you know, I, I, was, I was planning, I was like, okay, how do you you know i make the whole paladin thing work you know she's a member of the church and ben's just like no this is too much die you know and, well and, it's
2: because she had mentioned that she was weaponizing his child yeah that's what kicked, kicked yeah. it it makes yeah. sense yeah.
0: but still yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, just, the contrast once again is nice
4: yeah so it was it was great because i was there and i was stressing how to how to balance all of this and then it's just like nope um make a decision right now so yeah
3: so there was another moment in that in that section of the story i loved as well as when we um we got into to the castle we're going into we're going up to the room where mother Caldona was and I, and I make Magna and Zalara invisible to go and try and find his wife we go in there and she's just sat there just waiting straight I was like great they're gonna be searching for nothing now <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh my favorite moment in a weird way is when uh I think it was well actually I have no idea when it was but it's probably about mid through the podcast so far um when we find uh like gray and Sophie, all of them dead. So oh. it's just like, Oh, we're on another adventure. We're killing some red demons. And then we're looting their bodies. And they're like, Hey, you recognize them. It's like, Oh shoot. And we know yeah. we all hate Alex anyways, as an <laughs> evil DM. But, um, that was just, that was a really hard moment. <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> I think, especially for a Hibonite, cause he and Sophie could have been something. Yeah, that was, um, she, she loved him. Yeah. Clearly that's episode 29. How to
4: train your Sorcerer. (laughs) is when that happens wow that doesn't seem like it was that long ago
0: wow yeah yeah um and stuff favorite moment for me um man i don't know there are quite a few i I think one of my favorite uh, parts was the interaction with Margraine's mom um yeah yeah. just because that was i mean that was a lot Mm -hmm. there were a few things i had scripted as far as her background but Mm -hmm. everybody's interaction and and it was just unexpected how she took to everyone um so it was a fun NPC to play because it wouldn't, you know, I had a loose outline for her, but it wasn't, uh, it went much deeper than, than I expected. And so. she's
4: still my favorite character period to date. You know, <laughs> 100%. Well, thank you.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Um, all right, so here's one that I want to know by Anon E-Mouse, which is cute. Um, do the players feel they are railroaded by the story?
4: Uh, no, 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 not
0: not at
3: all.
4: no. no. Um, if if you know of anything that goes behind the scenes, uh, we throw a lot of curveballs at Alex. Um, for instance, uh, we'll just bring it back to uh, episode three right at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, we weren't supposed to fail. Uh, yeah. The world wasn't supposed to end in episode three, so. Yeah. Uh, so the entire podcast, uh, e- everything to do with the entire campaign, was changed by one stupid decision we made. Um, so I definitely don't feel railroaded.
2: It's just been off the rails consistently enough <laughs> that it feels like a rail.
4: Yeah, and, and I I think with it, right, with um with at least our play style, we we tend to get kind of hyper focused on something, oh, yeah. right? There's that one like he'll he'll dangle a hook out there, or there will that be that one piece of information that that we get and and we'll just we'll just follow it right like we'll, we'll follow it until it's beat to death you know and like, like literally inst- most of the time yeah like like for instance um right when you're, you're talking about how story is gone um we picked what back in episode 10 right we found out where vodhava is and we've only just resolved that right like we spent the entire thing and and tons of stuff came up along the way there's tons <laughs> of other stuff we could have done and we're just like no vodhava Vahad Hava. and then we get her and we're like no we gotta get her somewhere safe and, and, and it might seem like there's like a definite like story that we're following like we're, we're, we're doing a thing uh, but it's it's very much that like we're, we're, we're picking and choosing where we're going and there's always a wealth of stuff anybody who listens I think can see how many little things like because I listen to the podcast probably more than most people do because I, I you know I, I listen to it as it's edited and as it does all the cuts and even listening back there are so many things that Alex throws out there for us to go do that we just mm-hmm. completely ignore. Um,
1: so, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's it's kind of hard to feel railroaded, whether we are or not. I I don't feel that way. Um, but I think because the way Alex has set the world, it's like things are happening in this world, and you're just surviving it. Um, you do what you want. <laughs> like I mean, we don't we didn't even have to go after any of these bad guys. We could have just been like, nah, we don't we don't need to. But um, it's kind of been like it's on the way. So sure (laughs) but never I I never felt like I needed to do something out I mean outside of or like I was forced to do something by Alex so yeah Mm -hmm. I've always felt I had free will in this game
4: yeah, I've never felt railroaded. Um, uh, oh, perfect example. Magnar leaving. Uh, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Ben didn't know until Ben said that Magnar was leaving.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah.
0: We were. No, that whole scene where you said you were staying, we just ended it. Um, that was to solidify that you were staying or that you were staying with the group. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was the point of that. You were supposed to push back and then you didn't. And I was like, OK, well, all right. Um, <laughs> get your next character <laughs> yeah. ready. We're going to have to put him in next episode, man. <laughs> yeah.
2: As is uh, evidenced yeah. by the, wait, what does he look like? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't
1: yeah. even finished his backstory. Um, I mean, I had a, the bare bones, but it wasn't good. Um, <laughs> I had stopped practicing his accent because I thought I thought he was going to be brought in a lot earlier. And then just <laughs> well, the way everything evolved, I was just like, oh, okay, well, Magnar's stay staying for good. And then all of a sudden I said I wasn't. And I like, uh <laughs>
4: That. <laughs> Oops! So
2: yeah, yeah. Do to do. I so, see another
4: cool one here. Go for it. From, from Tia Ma. it's actually for you, Alex. Uh, <laughs> does Alex use CR to design encounters? If not, how does he do it? <laughs> yeah, um, Alex.
0: Sometimes, kind of. <laughs> So, what I'll do sometimes is go into um uh, Cobalt Fight club and you know try and figure out from putting characters in there what will work and then sometimes not um at all i I just don't I don't care I think I, I do stuff that I think is cool. A lot of the monsters are home brewed homebrewed as well so. I don't know what their CR is and I know there's a way to figure that out in the DMG but I'm not going to take the time to do that so I just throw what I think is cool in there so yes
4: and no but mainly no <laughs> and if it's too much for us you just expect us either to die or run away right like yep yeah, pretty much It's kind of um, if we're stupid we die if it's too powerful and if not we survive right yeah I mean I, I kind of am cognizant
0: of it like I don't want since we are doing a show and not just playing a game I don't want the characters to die in a dumb way or on something that's completely uh, uh meaningless but yeah for the most part falling yeah. off a cliff <laughs> yeah Rocks, ball, yeah. yeah yeah so that's yeah that's that's why all the original four got a mulligan um but <laughs> that won't happen again we're too far in now and everybody's too high level something dumb happens.
4: I don't want it to, but they will die. Yeah, I believe that. <sighs> oh, this one's a real easy one. It's from uh, Kylo's Pex. Do you ever script <laughs> any of the dialogue? I <laughs> <Owls>. love <laughs> Oh, sorry, um, what? Yeah. What's the question? <laughs> um, so it's a question from Kylos Pex. Uh, <laughs> do you ever script any of the dialogue or decide what conversations you're going to have ahead of time? No, just no.
3: Simple, right? Like with, with um, Hib and I I well, don't know what he's going to say until I'm actually saying it. Half the
0: time, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Um, I as the DM, I do have a few things that I've scripted out, uh, Murat Hall's speech that he gave, and you know if I'm going to monologue, um, I think that's the only one I did. But yeah, if I'm going to monologue, then uh, yeah. But yeah. other than that, nope, not really. Um,
4: yeah, but like with it, you know, even even if he has a uh, has like a outline of what he's going to say, um, we never know about any of that beforehand. Nope. So what we say can be completely unexpected. Like Ben deciding Magnar's leaving the podcast all of a sudden so like with it just due to the nature of that you know there's one person who has an idea of what might happen and then four people who have absolutely no clue and have their own ideas for their characters nothing actually ends up getting scripted it's kind of yeah
0: it'd be i think it'd be really impossible to do and i I don't know it wouldn't be fun we would just record a i don't know like a, a radio play then yeah and we did so much work beforehand yeah Mm. Uh, yeah cool
4: uh if you could change one thing your character did what would it be and why uh i know this immediately um. So back in episode what two? Um, <laughs> uh, episode three. I uh, episode, have joined them. <laughs> it's episode three, I think. Um, we we level up our first level up. Um, and at level two, um, for paladins you take a fighting style every day. I regret that I took dueling over defensive. Uh. I think about it literally four days out of the week <laughs> because um because it's a plus one AC right, and there have been so many times in this podcast that one ac would have made the difference between Margrain dropping or not um, oh, man. <laughs> so if i could change any one thing it would be that um i would go all the way back to like episode two or three and instead of getting plus two damage to your weapon i would do plus one ac <laughs> um yep
3: <laughs> For Heather it would be um, getting the book out when we went to Marat Hall's tomb because right. he probably wouldn't have been released if I didn't get that book out.
0: <laughs> um Cam?
2: I'm trying to think of what I would have done differently in character. Like I would have built her differently, but that's another question. Um,
0: well, are you can. I mean, they're kind of the same question because I do see David, and and then this one is literally from Heather I, and then David has pretty much the same question. Is there anything with the you character? would have done different in your character's progression regarding the? mechanics or role play. So uh, uh,
2: so I would have given her more constitution because her hit points are stupidly low. <laughs> um, yeah. Because I've just taken average the whole time and she's at level six with 39 hit points. And with the way these guys hit with my AC at 16, I am toast so many times. Um, so that would be definitely something I would change. I
1: think for Magnar, well, I don't know. I'm, I have mixed feelings about it, but I lost sleep over letting die um i don't know why i just felt like we needed to save him and we did our thing and just ran away (laughs) and i just i feel like i should have saved him um oh wow yeah but and then i also just because it was really more just ben did not understand what was going on um but it ended up being one of the my favorite lines is when I just took the book and ran from Anastasia, um, so it, it ended great. But I just I wish I had
0: understood what was going on,
1: so they maybe not would have died. Would have. Done I mean, dying, can you so. imagine
0: that the whole trajectory of the next like thirty episodes would have been different? You know, <laughs> no, it, like that was pivotal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, at least it was in kind of in character for Magnar.
1: So it was um, definitely in character. Yeah, <laughs> but it was just like I wasn't role playing. I just didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: what are you going to do with a character that does know what he's doing? <laughs> oh, well
1: he's got a terrible wisdom score, so he doesn't either
2: oh, oh <laughs>
1: he's he's worse than Magnar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Here's one from our buddy Tim, also another person who hangs out in our Discord, as does David. Um, Tim wanted to know, if you could play another
4: person's character for a single session, whose would it be? Hibbonite. Just straight off the Mm -hmm. bat, I'd play Hibonite.
0: I would have
1: played Hibonite um, until I became a Magic user. Um, Garen.
3: I I would have said Margarine if I hadn't played a Paladin before and got really frustrated. So I would go with um, Magna, because I've never played a Barbarian before.
4: Yeah, Um, I, I just think the lunacy of me playing... Playing Hibonite would be amazing. <laughs> um, I would get everything about playing Hibonite and ramp it up to 11. Uh, so, yeah.
1: I think I'd play Zolara because we both get emotional a lot, but then I'd have a reason to get emotional and I would just <laughs> use it. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Yeah. The whole, I, I, I didn't know I could cry on cue until I started playing this game. So yeah. that's fun.
0: And then Ben just, you guys don't see it as listeners, but Ben cries a lot. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> Actually, he
2: his voice a little bit better.
1: If you go, I think it's the one where I find out the truth about um, Vodhava.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's either that one. Oh, yeah, that no, one I cried the most. Definitely. But yeah.
0: Um, um,
4: like you can, you can hear it in that. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah that one we actually it, it of course got we cut out for time but we actually ben actually got up and, and left and we had to take a little break so it was <laughs> it was emotional in here yeah and then actually you can hear my head
1: thumping the desk after Magnar decides to leave because emotions so uh,
0: <laughs> that's still in there but <laughs> yeah all right. Um, let's see. All right. Well, here's one that uh, here's, a, here's a simple one that we can do. How did the podcast show come up with the name Beholder's Eye? Um, Sam and I were shooting ideas back and forth while mm-hmm. I don't know what Sam was doing, but I was drinking um, <laughs> via Discord. Yeah, Bieler's Eye was the one we agreed was the best.
4: <laughs> that was yeah, it. And, and also it was out of a little bit of necessity, right? We were going through things that not only one we thought sounded cool, but yeah. weren't taken at the time. Yeah, um, you know, uh, that's not the case anymore. We were first though. Um, yeah, but, <laughs> by six days. Yeah, it was. It was. It was basically just trying to find something that sounds cool, right? And uh, and, and and at least my thing when I was shooting the ship back with Alex about it was that I wanted something. That evoked an image, but was also essentially like RPG-like, right? And there's nothing more D and D than a beholder. I, right. I think. I, I think if you look at the beholder, it's something that is unique to Dungeons and Dragons. And and with it, like, um, even with all like the branding and stuff like that around the the show and the logo and stuff, uh, Beholder's Eye gives you an image. There's an image that shows up in your head. So mm-hmm. you know, that's what I was going for at least when I was talking to Alex about it. Right. And it, it's, it's a
0: phrase that's obviously commonly used. Um, it didn't have to do with dice or some player on d d or RPG or critical. I mean, there's so many critical things out there. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, so we, we were just kind of wanted to do something that gave you the idea that, okay, there's going to be Dungeons and Dragons, but it didn't really tell you. I mean, it wasn't too schmaltzy. Yeah. And it, and it, and it doesn't
4: put the show in a box, right? Right. A hold your die. You don't have a prerequisite going into it of like what the show is. Right. Right. When Just for example, like some shows like Drunks and Dragons or or whatever you know, it's a there's there's an expectation going in there, and yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think there's an expectation with Beholder's Eye. I think it's it, right. it's kind of generic a little bit. And that's um, one
0: thing we did talk about too, because we didn't know what the show. I think it, we didn't have we hadn't asked Ben or Ryan yet to be yeah. part of the show uh, when we came up with it. It was just the two of us coming up with ideas. Yeah, so and I, we I had thought, no idea
4: what it was. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a little bit more maybe witty than yeah. it is. Um, it's a lot more dark than I ever thought it was going to be. So yeah, so yeah. kind of um deciding a name beforehand you know not putting it in the box was the real thing behind
1: it yeah. yeah well I probably wouldn't have played a barbarian who thinks he's a sorcerer if I thought it was going to be dark so
4: yeah yeah. well yeah. We, I, I think we all thought it was going to be silly yeah, yeah I, I really did I thought it was going to be, be like just crazy because we had you know um, as soon as I found out that both of them had picked people who weren't part of the church first of all like had no affiliates with the church that they were both kind of like I don't know I, I don't know a better word but like pagans I guess um, that they I was like because I went into it and my initial thing when Alex pitched the world to me was like this this is the most important thing in this whole world so obviously you know everybody's going to be part of this religion and um, yeah so I, I it was I think it was expected to be a lot more light-hearted going out yeah yeah it was
1: of course <laughs> I then, think with our darkness though like we we are all very light-hearted
0: people I think and oh yeah so it, 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 it's that. a good mix it's not like yeah, it's, it's just, oh, yeah. not like it's dreary like, yeah it's not like you're, you're you're listening to 30 minutes of Schindler's List yeah. over and over again every <laughs> yeah, where you're like, "Oh, humanity sucks." You know, I, I think we're still kind of fun. Um, um, would they have been able to injure Marat Hull if they attacked the gems as he was emerging? What was the choice that the players made that surprised you su- uh, surprised you most in the moment? And as a player, what was the hardest choice to let go of? Um, so, no, I can say that the the gems were not there to um, it, you know that wouldn't have hurt them. I mean, they were they were doing plenty of damage. They they dropped him by I think like fifty percent within like a, a round or two. So, no, the gems were really just a DM sort of tool to give them a countdown. That's what it was there for. Um, uh. And that was really the whole purpose. Um, I don't know if that was clear or not. Um, let's see what... And then what was the choice the players made that surprised you the most in the moment? I mean, is that... I mean, for me, I God, it happens all the time. I mean, <laughs> so I think... Like sometimes I'm just like what that, I don't. I mean, there's a lot of just. I, I, I charge think... thirty people. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I, when I create I combat, all it's...
2: of the prostitutes.
0: Yeah, yeah there's so much. Oh, I take the
4: book.
0: It's just yeah. a uh, or, what's I think that's
4: one every episode just oh, about
0: geez. yeah I mean unless it's like a kind of bottle episode with a bunch of you know talking in like one or two rooms then yeah um, and then as a player
4: who what is the hardest cho- choice to let go of mm-hmm. going right? dueling instead of defensive once again <laughs> um, okay yeah rolling terrible stats
1: or rolling yeah. perfectly mediocre stats
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's not a choice that's pure <laughs> luck
5: yeah
0: I, I, yeah that's true. I think maybe we kind of answered that before. Yeah, we kind of did. Uh, was there anything you wanted to add, Kim?
2: Um, I don't know. Well, there aren't any things that were really my choice individually, but like as a group, um, like in Kringle Falls when we we ended up clearing out the whole town and didn't get well, I guess that was down to rolls too, wasn't it? That wasn't really our choice. It's yeah, like as getting as the revenants to come after us was a problem. Yeah. You know? <laughs> What was that person's (laughs) name? That wasn't really our choice, so never mind. No, where? Yeah. All the choices that I would have made differently were all I I just need
3: to find a name because I've forgotten her name now. The Who? lady that I slept with. Nick. Oh, uh, oh okay. Nick's. 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 not sending a message back to Nick with the people we sent to Castle Delacro after Kringle Falls. Oh,
4: oh, yeah. That would be a good one. Not
3: talking to her the day after as well. going out on an adventure the day after that.
1: <laughs> well, that's yeah. that's kind of hypnoid though. So. Yeah, it's,
3: it's Hibonite but it's one of the things that, as a character, I he still plays on his mind. I, I I spend a lot, way too much time thinking about his regrets. Well, she's not dead act. yet. So, yeah, yeah, as far as we know, thanks, but thanks, thanks, thanks the optimism just <laughs> <and laughs> yet. look at the world we play in, man. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for some character to come triling along with a head on his belt, sort of thing.
2: <laughs> oh, I do know something I would have done differently. I would not have written Tamika into my backstory so much. <laughs> thanks, Alex. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: He would have found something else to weave in there. So
0: I mean, it's had to do something with it. (laughs) Um. Let's see. How in-depth did the players coordinate with Alex over their character concepts? Did the players coordinate with each other as well before it started? Well, we've already said no. Yeah. yeah. And then... I don't don't even think I spoke to you about my character. I think it was like,
3: no, no. two two weeks before we started. I didn't didn't
0: have a... uh, Ryan didn't have a backstory until we were like, episode 15 or something. I I didn't even look at the
4: backstory (laughs) of the
3: world. I was literally like, I'm just going to be a complete outsider to everything. So everything is new and amazing to my... Like it does.
4: yeah and the only thing i knew about um magnar going in was i kind of i told uh alex the concept for for margraine where like he's a he's a, a stout halfling which kind of has the same stats as a dwarf and he thinks he's a dwarf and alex went you and ben are way too close you guys are both broken and um basically you guys are both broken in the head you know and that was it like that's all i knew i was like he he's, he's something else um so yeah yeah nothing and
0: i think as far as coordinating uh, probably with sam's the person i coordinated with the most and i, I guess and, and with kim as well um
2: yeah partially because i had no idea what i was doing yeah
0: yeah i mean yeah i kind of yeah it was your first character so we just kind of had to work together on that and then with sam um you know we kind of came up with saint allegius the same way we came up with the uh, the name for the show yeah <laughs> it might have even and, been the same and, night
4: yeah and and with it i think with how um I, i've built a lot of just like one-off characters for things so um, I really wanted to integrate Margraine into the world which I think I successfully did he's very he's very ingrained in the world he exists yeah. there um, in, at least in this land that we're in um, so it was a lot of back and forth with at least Alex and I for me trying to figure out how at least the parts of the world he would interact with worked to build mm-hmm. him so there was a lot of like well would this thing for him work you know be in this and everything so right. yeah, we, we coordinated a lot for it yeah for
0: yeah, we did and that kind time. of set up the whole yeah. Really, uh, doing that set up the whole religious system that I, I yeah, built. Yeah, structure and stuff. Yeah. So,
2: and um, I would say that we've done a lot of coordinating um, with the future stuff too for um, yeah. Zalara because we just happened to be <laughs> heading out to her area. So, right. We've we've done a lot of that kind of coordination of well, where yeah, where were you born? How did this work, etc. Yeah,
0: yeah, we do that, and you know, we did that with um, Sam for Dernholm as well. If um, we'd ever gone to Margrain's home or. Mag- Magdar's <laughs> home. <laughs> Jesus, uh, Magdar's home. We would do that, and, you know. Uh, and then uh, Ryan and I do have some back and forth on his home as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, for yeah. anything that could be <laughs> essential for them to know when they show up, and it, you know, <laughs> that way I'm not doing just here's exposition dump. Um, yeah. You know, they can they can do the exposition dump. So
3: yeah. Uh, we
0: forward and
3: afford to and and dreading when we go to Hibernites if we go to Hibernites home. <laughs> yeah yeah and alex i think is gonna mess with it
4: <laughs> yeah and i think all of us at this point we have um backup characters like garen was a backup character um in case we happen to kill one of us off or whatever um so that we have something to actually play and i think all of those are a lot more integrated with alex we, we've all talked over those a lot more with alex than we ever did with the originals
0: yeah yeah with with the backups i i said they have to work with the story you can't yeah. <laughs> You can't just throw somebody crazy in because like it's too hard to throw in a new character to begin with so yeah they have to work with it so take um, two
4: a lot more integrated
0: a lot yeah. more integrated yes yeah so garen much more integrated Ben and I were it had some back and forth with it and um we did a little recording with him tonight and which i guess yeah, I'm not sure when this is going to come out with everything but it's probably be in the future uh, uh for when you hear this but yeah. like literally five minutes before he started talking in an episode i sent him a, a message saying hey what about this and he's like yeah so yeah (laughs) um who was doing the next side eye and how do you guys decide what to do for that and how canon are they um
1: ben i think is the next one right yep if as long as i'm not the one out i'll be doing the next one um
4: Canon? No. Nah. no, no, not at all. <laughs> we we break too much stuff. Um, some yeah. of them are loosely based in the world, but right. you know, yeah, yeah, you know, they could very, be completely separate dimensions now at this point. Right. Well, yeah, like, yeah, basically, and basically that's what it is. Like Ben played a life
0: cleric, but he was covered in ash and everything, and that's specifically. Well, I I was a
1: life cleric, but I worked for the grave saint, or right, saint, yeah. But that's because I didn't know grave was an actual cleric domain. Oh, <laughs> uh, I <let's> see. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. yeah. It fit. Yeah. So. Although
2: in one of them um, oh yeah the the most recent that's coming out um, as we record this um, Alavari is actually pulled from it's a guest character that's going to be over on LCP D&D and it was just like hey we're doing a side eye we need a 7th level character and I was like hey I have one I just built
4: (laughs) yeah like I I played I played Wit who's a character I had from an old campaign with um, Alex and Ryan actually um, who I I adore and I I like to pull him out whenever I can it's
3: a little bit of one there's a bit more focus on wit in that side eye yeah, because cause... the history I have <laughs> with that character.
4: Yeah, Ryan hates him. So,
3: <laughs> well, you cast but... friends immediately upon meeting me in that in the last campaign with him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, so, as far as the, how do you guys decide what to do? I know for Sam, it was like the day before Alex was like, I, guys, I cannot make this. Sam, yeah. You um, have something. And we need yeah, content. And yeah, I didn't record, know until an hour before recording that I needed a character. So.
4: Yeah. Um, we record at, uh, on Saturdays at like 1 p.m. my time. It was 6 p.m. the day before that yeah. uh, Alex was like, yeah, I just can't do this. Somebody needs to have something because we're going to run out of episodes um, because uh, right now we, we run with a, a bit of a backlog but at the time um it was literally like uh if we didn't make a recording session there was no more episodes for the week after that <laughs> so yeah. um it was it was basically all of that um I flipped through a, a monster manual and I was like this is a cool monster what other monsters fit with that monster and then I just built the rest of it around there and hilarity ensued. Uh yeah so zero <laughs> planning on my part. I think <laughs> the most planning was probably Ryan in his most recent one. So yeah probably. I was
3: planning that for the first side I until we actually did it oh i forgot my notebook for the session so it was all off the top of my head <laughs> yeah and well, i've, I've
4: had another one planned for a while so there's going to be a lot more planning into that
0: all right cool. um let's see what's one class
4: or race you've never played but want to? warlock um no classes really um, I have a ranger in the works um, haven't got to play it yet but other than that I think I've played everything except barbarian and fighter but those don't really appeal to me too much um, one class one race I really wanted to play though um, was dwarf um, and that's what I went into trying to build for the podcast was a dwarf <laughs> um, And you're slowly happen.
2: getting there so, huh.
4: so either I'll end up playing a dwarf by the end of this or I'll have to play one at some other point <laughs> but
3: uh, for me, it would be rogue mastermind because I really mm-hmm. like the idea of the class, and I've never actually played just a, a generic human before—not uh, I can think of off the top of my head. But that mm-hmm. would probably be interesting to play.
0: Yeah, I'd uh, probably do a variant, um, what a tiefling mm-hmm. um, rogue sorcerer. Yeah, multi-class. That would be that's one I've always wanted to play, but never had a chance to. Yeah, uh, I haven't had a chance to play a lot, um, to be quite frank. So, but that's the one I, I really want to play next.
2: I would like to it be an Aladrin or an Asimir. I've not done either of those. Ooh, yeah. They're really fun.
0: Alright. Um, here's one I'll just knock out real quick. Uh, once again from Psychotic Monk. Alex, it has now been 50 episodes.
2: <laughs>
0: do, you plan, do you have any plans to share maps of your world with the viewers and history lore as well? Um, yeah, I think I'll eventually have to. Um, I've been kind of resistant against the maps because I like the idea that the players know as much or I, I the players kind of know as much of the geography as the characters do everything's kind of vague you know because there wouldn't be a good mapping system out there at that time and uh, you know no GPS They would just think of things differently so I like that but as they are exploring more and more of the world I think it might be one of those things that's good to see um, as far as history and lore yeah that's one of those things we need to especially with the crazy names and, and everything else we need to at least put a, a, yeah. a character list up somewhere so uh, yeah
4: with 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 that um i've well i haven't even told them that yet but um it don't expect it anytime soon but i've mm-hmm. got a wiki in the works um cool. so that people can add to it as well from the community and stuff so that i don't have to take care of it at least um because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff there's a ton of stuff that just gets generated every single episode you know yeah. um but i've got a wiki in the works so yeah we'll see how that works out um it, One it's of your coming up
2: 1800 projects
4: yeah it's coming up no time soon don't expect it expect <laughs> Within the next couple of months, maybe it might be a 100th episode project. (laughs) but um yeah the, there there will be something for at least keeping track of it um at, for my own sanity at least so yeah, yeah.
0: all right yeah. um all right then what are your favorite fantasy books all right Sam since you said you want to answer that one what are they
4: uh so with me um it's hard to pin it down but pretty much anything by Brandon Sanderson um, I'm right there with you yeah, yeah he's got he's got some like Elantris is a little bit weaker than others but anything part of his Cosmere universe um I'm a little bit too obsessed um I just recently like uh I think Alex is the one who turned me on to his his books <laughs> uh, <laughs> back about two years ago now at this point. Um, but, and Alex was like, oh, this is a really cool book. You'll enjoy it. And I um, have since listened to, I listened to a lot of audiobooks because I don't have a ton of time to read physically. Um, I've since listened to every single one of his works. Uh, and the man's a prolific writer, like two or three books a year. Yeah. Um, and uh, recently, right now, I've gone through and I'm listening to everything that's part of his Cosmere universe again. So in the past four weeks, I've listened to seven books of his. Books. Oh my God. Um, so yeah. Wow. That's 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 my go to answer for sure. How about you, Kim?
2: I uh got through the Mistborn, the first Mistborn listening to, and now I'm trying to actually read the second. Um so those are my, my fave at the moment, but I always enjoy a good Tolkien novel.
4: Vin is best girl. Yeah. <laughs>
3: How about you, Ryan? Do you have any favorite fantasy books? Uh, I've started reading the Witcher series, but I'm, I'm not much of a novel reader in general, but I'm more of a sci-fi reader. So I like the um, Warhammer 40,000 lore books, especially the Lehman Russ one, because the, the the lore is just brilliant.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I've always wanted to read those. They seem it's so in-depth and dark and silly all at the same
3: it's time. incredibly <laughs> dark and brilliant. I'd, I'd recommend the Primaris Lehman Russ book, especially because some Congrats. of the stuff that happens in the first chapter is brilliant.
2: Does Discworld count as fantasy yes then that would be high on my list (laughs) okay whole world
0: How about you, Ben?
1: Yeah, Discworld. That's I mean, that's just fantastic. I think I started with The Hogfather, and so that's just my favorite now. Um, but I think my all-time series is The Chronicles of Pradane, which is um, Black Cauldron for the Disney people. Or um, it's just it's light in the sense of it's not four thousand pages each book, um, but there's just there's a lot to it. At least as I remember, it's been probably ten years since I've read them, but they're just a fantastic fantasy. Series, yeah, by Lloyd yeah. Alexander.
0: Yep, it's a yeah. I agree with that. It's a great series. Um, I, I think the ones I've enjoyed that haven't been mentioned because I think I've read almost all of these except for the Warhammer ones. Um, is I uh, really like uh, Joe Abercrombie's First Law
4: series. Uh, oh yeah, you put me onto those. Those are amazing too.
0: Yeah, they're good. They're dark, uh, but I, I think they're a little silly too. I, and I I you know in a I guess maybe a cynical humor sort of way. Um, yeah. It,
4: it, it's high fantasy in a not magic way. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good way. Uh, I was. It's a lot of turning tropes on the on its head and <laughs> kind of adding a real world look to a power dynamics and things that you see normally within, you know, um, yeah. a, a fantasy setting. A, a lot dealing with the the mentor leading the the uh, the person who goes on the hero's journey, really turning that on its head. And one of the best characters in there's a torturer who's. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's probably my favorite character and one of the most
4: sympathetic but just awful people at the same time. So and nobody's a good guy and and nobody is not only who you think they are, but who they think they are. Right. Um everybody, um, especially like one of the main characters, in the end, kind of he feels like he's a villain, right? Goes through mm-hmm. thinking he's kind of the good guy, but not a super good guy. And in the end he's almost convinced he's a the villain and one of the villains in it, you know, through it, you can't help but like him and understand why he's doing everything, and he's not like cackling evil, but he's just bad, he's a bad guy. Those are awesome, yeah. I love yeah. those, yeah. Those are fun.
0: Well, um, I think that's probably good, yeah. and um, we, we recorded three episodes before this, so I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right, well, then thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this bonus episode, and we will see you guys later. See
4: ya,
5: see ya. Bye.